0: Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are doing a live video podcast this week, so you can put faces to names for once. I am John, my co-host is Andy, and tonight we're going to talk about the premiere of Survivor Cambodia, also known as Second Chance. Hopefully you spent the entire off-season following all the stuff we did on PurpleRockPodcast.com, but if you're new to us, then welcome. Uh, we're finally going to talk about a new Survivor episode again. Andy, what did you think of that premiere?
1: I was imp- I was impressed actually,
0: and part of it is because we've been waiting
1: so long that I was happy that it came back. Uh, a big part of it is it looked
0: phenomenal, right? Oh my God, I'm an, an RTV nerd, a radio television nerd, uh, who actually listens to radio anymore. Anyway, um, and it was beautiful. For those of you that are into that sort of thing, they shot the challenge in what's known as the golden hour. Because it's like sunlight is perfect, everything looks golden and beautiful, and it looked awesome. And then they super saturated some of the scenes that just looked great. Especially in the intro, yeah. Yes. Beautiful. How does this show not win Emmys? Because the Emmys are stupid. Uh They are...
1: They hate the idea that they have to give awards to reality t v shows, so they just check the same box every time and it just or almost every time and it just so happens to be a show that really has no cachet or you know popularity, so the amazing race is of no threat to people. you know you give it to a show that's been doing well that won its demo again last night uh you know, suddenly you're like almost like accepting that reality t v is a thing. Give it to the amazing race, no one cares.
0: Fifteen years later, Survivor still winning, winning its time slot. Pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and I'll say another reason why it looks so good to me is I spent the summer watching a lot of old Survivor. Pre-HD. Yeah, pre-HD is rough, man. It is. It's tough. But, I mean, besides how it looked, but, and again, it looked phenomenal. And not just the look, like, it was great television it just was. in terms of moments. Like, so much tension. Like, the cold open, that was fantastic.
0: It was, and it was a little melodramatic, but that's Probst, that's what he does. But it still, I mean, it got me hyped. I was ready. I was like, yes, yeah. sell me your hyper-saturated melodrama. I'm good. Well, everybody's rushing out and yeah. swimming and all that. No, yeah, you know, I was... Those uh, shots, and oh, so good. Yeah, so we
1: are excited about this season, like, uh, everybody, I think, that watches Survivor.
0: Yeah, and did you get the same thing I did, where, like, as soon as Probst starts yelling at them... To get off the boat, get the supplies and all that stuff. I was like, okay, yes, we're back. This, this is what I was craving. That's what I wanted. I wanted Probe yelling at people for ridiculous things. Spencer grabbing the chicken! Those sorts of things.
1: Watch your heads! Yeah, I mean, as much, you know, as we give Probes, and we will continue, uh, throughout the season and our lives, uh, he, he, he knows what he's doing and took me moments of that. He
0: knows how to get you hyped, and it worked. You know what, he, he is my Kobe because I respect him at this point, even though at times I will still make fun of him just because, you know, habits. They yeah, from. well,
1: and also he has glaring flaws and, yes. and preferences and stuff that frankly run very counter to our own. But he protects the show. He knows the show. He can help create good television because he is, you know, more than just the host. He's the producer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was on display um, last night. Uh, you
0: know. Well, go. Ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. Okay. Hey, guys, this is fun because it doesn't get edited out. Um, so one of the things that I remembered now about all returning seasons is that I'm going to miss a lot of these people a lot more. Like in newbie seasons, there's gonna be a crowd that I like. There's some percentage that I'm like, oh, I don't want these people to go home. This season, that's like 60% of the cast. Yeah. No. I mean. What other season would you really care at all about the first boot? Like it, it's
1: almost impossible because they're the first boot. I mean, unless they're Courtney Moon, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, li- we literally are not given much of them, and the show doesn't set them up so that we feel bad. But now, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people. But that's what I—that's what I love about All Star seasons. That's why I hate when they dilute them with all those, you know, ten first, you know, ten other people I don't give enough about. It matters. It always matters, because either you're upset that somebody left, or maybe you're pretty excited that somebody got beaten. But it all matters. Now, yeah, at a certain point in the season we'll probably get to some doldrums where it's like, okay, yada, yada, yada. But not now. Even if I don't think, even if you were not pro-Vetus, and I think you were lukewarm, and other of our viewers were probably anti, some were pro. I was more pro. Um, Yeah, he was a big character. He, You know, a big potential player, and
0: He's gone. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, is there's going to be most of these pre-merge boots, probably, unless it goes a certain way, which I don't think it will. um, You're going to be like, oh man, we missed out on seeing more of Person X that got voted out this week.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, while it was really exciting to have Survivor back, while it looked phenomenal, while there was great drama, I kind of feel like there was only one... Strategic thing to discuss, or at least one major thing so there's probably some margin things and there's also exciting things that we're going to get to, but I was Modern. thinking we'd just dive right into
0: Vitas going home yeah um, and there was there was some issues with the polling on our site that we're a little suspicious about uh, we had a we had a prediction poll up on our site which is at purplerockpodcast.com and we noticed soon after we put it up. There was a large majority that voted Vetus, and we got really suspicious because we would have totally understood if it was Cass, because... Hey, well, and she was the other ma- large majority. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were like, okay, well, fine. I understand why you would pick Cass. I don't think it would be Cass to go first, but I get why you would say that. So then when it was Vetus, I get why Vetus would be first, but I don't get why I'm the, such a vast majority would be like, oh yeah, Vetus is the one. He's gone.
1: Yeah, it was like 42% Vetus, uh, and like, I think 18% Abby, and then just a couple other people. I'm like, really? Yeah, uh, again, I good. don't dispute any single person's reason for picking Vetus. Uh, it happened. For <laughs> one, and you know, there was a lot of stuff pre-game that suggested that he could be in trouble. But just that it became such this, like, instant groupthink that it was just
0: kinda like, ah.
1: And then he it kinda started looking into it a bit there. more. There were spoilers out there,
0: yeah, uh, and according to you i I haven't looked into this, but I guess there's spoilers potentially for next week as well that are fairly common, so we might skip that poll next week,
1: but yeah, we'll bring so, it back
0: after that though, because it is fun,
1: yeah, so honestly, people let us know if you want us to try it. What we just want to avoid is we would hate to spoil it for people, you know we hate for people who like not want to come to our site because they're afraid that spoilers lurk. And, yeah, and we, we also would hate to go to our site because we think spoilers are, because spoilers suck. Yeah. And
0: if you are the type of person that decides you want to do spoilers, just just shut up is okay. all. Just go talk about them where people care to talk about them, not to us. And that was the problem, too, is that, you know, halfway through that episode, both of us were saying, okay, well, they were right, it's Vetus. So, yeah, it, when you were primed for it, you could see it coming.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I do think the episode itself set up, you know, it was clearly Vetus or Abby, Vetus or Abby. And I think that the big question coming out of that is how much of Vetus going home was a result of his actions in the three days that he was on there and how much was it predetermined by things that happened before the game started and then, you know, the car- the hands he was dealt when he got there.
0: Um, I mean, it's partly pregame. If you watched those uh, pregame Alliance videos, you know what his pre-game alliance was. Uh, and I think there's probably some evidence to suggest that he had links with Sierra based on some of those pre-game interviews that we saw. But, I mean, he's screwed by that because he didn't have the numbers with his alliance. He had what amounted to a four-person alliance. Uh, was it even four? Yeah, it's four-person alliance counting him. And you still need numbers there. So... You can say, yeah, he got screwed by pregame alliances, but at the same time, there were free agents there, and he thought he was safe enough with his alliance that he didn't work hard enough to solidify those other free agent votes. So,
1: yeah. See, I w- I'm not going to say he was screwed by, you know, the way things shook out or pre gaming or anything like that. Um, and uh, to his credit, in his exit interviews, he's also not saying that he was screwed. Uh, I'm said, but I will say that I think the story we were fed is probably. Uh, half-truth at best. I think the people that were, uh, at least the majority of the people that voted for Vetus last night wanted to vote for Vetus before he had said anything to them. Um, And so, and I mean, for reasons like the way he played before, for reasons like the rumors and, you know, true or not, I'm not saying they're not true, of the pre-gaming he was doing, maybe with Brad Culpepper or whatever, but, I mean, we saw it. We saw it in pregame interviews. Shireen and Kelly Wentworth wanted to, they, they were targeting, uh, Vetus. And I think, I, I think on the preseason podcast, or at least within our own discussions, I suggested, uh, wrongly, that I was like, well, that's all well and good, but it's not going to be up to them, so I'm not worried about it. And bravo for them. It was up to them. So, it was. it was up to them. They saw Vetus as a target. They, you know, because he, you know, if you look at the other side, he's far more threatening, strategic than, any of them. Um and also because he came off as somebody untrustworthy and smarmy. The episode kind of fed us like he dug his own grave, he was very smarmy, he turned people off. I think they were already turned off. And some of it, and when I say pregame, is ponderosa, because it sounds like a lot of the conversations was they were just getting a bad vibe from him there. So yeah. I mean that's on him. Like I'm not like I want to make sure that I'm not like suggesting that this isn't, you know. The fault of Vetus. but I'm suggesting is I think it's less like he did this to himself in these three days so much as this was going, this was primed to happen to him. The other side struck fast and first, And as you suggest, he didn't get himself out of that trouble. There were opportunities there, but I don't think it's as simple as uh, they were creeped out by him helping them with yoga so Vetus went home.
0: Maybe all that time at Ponderosa when he was doing those tricep dips pelvic thrusts. He could have been maybe putting some thought into how others were perceiving him instead. Might have gone a little further.
1: Yeah, but, you know, as you well know, a lot of the people that were targeting him were going to target people like him, you know? So, and, I mean, I, I, I want to make it clear, none of this is unfair. All is fair in Love and Survivor. You know, those people now control the game, and good for them. Uh, yeah. I just, I think this one especially, and it was probably going to be true of whoever went home first, is a result as much of things that happened before you know they rode the boat up and saw Jeff as it was anything after, and yeah, it was he wasn't in an impossible situation. He could have won over you know Spencer. He could have kept Varner perhaps, but he was in a rough spot because of you know the other side out outplayed him.
0: And you know we did have our conspiracy theory before the season even started that this tribe is made up of the people that it's made up of because of Varner admitting to that pre-game alliance. So... And, maybe and it spilled, worked! We got the drama! Spilled, yeah! Varner spilled the beans and they were like, oh, sweet, I know what we're going to do then. Let's set this up.
1: Yeah. But, like, just getting back, like, yeah, the, the episode really set it up like Vetus was just creeping everybody out. Um, from Varner, um, from Vetus' exit interviews, it sounds like Shireen was going after him in the first half hour, they were out there and you know, we'll get a bit to this later, but you know, good on you, Turing. Uh, So I think everything after that, when somebody's already a target, when you're already like priming yourself to take somebody out, everything they do is going to annoy you. you Especially when the reason you're targeting him is you feel like he's a smarmy manipulator who will do anything to try and win you over. Right. So I don't think like the yoga and the touching and the, you know, how's your body and all that was really the reason why he went home. I think once they were already anti-Vetus, which I think they were before he was ever on their tribe. They're just like, oh, this guy again.
0: Yeah, so this is actually what Shireen was a victim of last season, where once someone decided Shereen's annoying, everybody's like, oh, yeah, now we're going to look for Shereen being annoying, we're all going to roll okay. our eyes about it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a standard just group
1: dynamics yes. things. This isn't yeah. like Venus was a victim of something spectacular. It's what happened. It happens all the time on Survivor.
0: You know, once and people turn against you, you it's tough to turn it around. I like how you still talk over me. And oh, it's not me. gonna stop. No, it won't. Uh, you should be able to see that I'm still talking. You're talking over me! It keeps showing me me for some reason. Like, I don't know what I look like. It's a, I'm looking in a mirror. It's weird. Uh, anyway, that's gonna be fun to edit out. So, now I totally lost my train of thought. Screw it. Let's move on.
1: Well, uh, so, I you know, so basically my math is I think it was probably 90% like pregame stuff and that includes you know the impression he was making on people when they were around but not allowed to talk. And then 10% you know what happened there. You know, he had a chance probably to change his situation and he failed at that. Um do you think that going straight to tribal uh after the immunity hurt him?
0: Uh it certainly couldn't have helped, right? Yeah. Because from what we read we read in some uh interviews today or I guess recaps, whatever you want to call them. Uh I guess from the reporters that were out there, the survivor media types that were out there, it sounds like at some point during that tribal council, Varner was like, Hey, time out. PG Kelly, are you guys voting for who I think you're voting for? And when they said yes, he was like, Okay. And everyone freaked out because they knew that something was up, Varner was flipping. Um and you have a very good theory on that that you should tell people. Yeah, I mean, its
1: I don't even think it's a theory at this point. Varner was not going to have a tie. <laughs> Jeff Varner yeah, had many plans when he headed out on that island, but going home as a result of a purple rock was not one of them. There, 15 years ago, he went home because of a tie vote. It wasn't going to happen again. So once he knew that it was 5-5, five, five, he was like flipping. So I don't think Jeff Varner necessarily fully is. You know cast his lot with one side or the other, or that you know that Vitas necessarily lost him is that Vitas didn't get somebody else, and Varner wasn't gonna risk it at all and yeah basically what happened is right before they were about to vote uh they take a break you know everybody doesn't talk so they can change tapes which I was surprised to learn they shoot on tape yeah, they but anyway,
0: use tape that's weird right yeah
1: yeah I think so, especially with all those cameras, but maybe that's why um I don't know enough about this it's h e d though uh. And then they come back, and usually it's just like, you know, Jeff's like, okay, let's go vote. But if anybody wants to talk, and then Varner's like, yeah, Jeff, I got a question. Uh, And that's when that happened. Um, Apparently, Vita's had a relationship with Spencer. I kind of feel like Spencer was always planning to throw him over, so that wasn't the spot that he could have won. But, you know, maybe he could have won back Abby, you know. They've had a relationship, you know. (laughs) Is that something you
0: want
1: to do Yeah, or actually, no, the big one is PG. It sounds like also when she cast her vote, she was not happy about it. This wasn 't the way she wanted to go, so given a, like two, the traditional two hours, maybe Vitas could have you know repaired that relationship because by all indications, it sounds like Vitas knew he was being targeted it doesn't sound like he thought that he was going to get the majority of votes, but you know he could have put in some work to solidify that, especially. Since people give away their intentions a lot more in the hours leading up to Tribal Council than they might in the hours leading up to a challenge. Uh, interestingly, the reason why they went straight to Tribal Council wasn't anything about like, you know, trying to bust up pregame alliances or anything
0: like that. And, which is what you would think, but it was just a matter of convenience. I think though, that was one of those things where it can be two things. You know, it was, they wanted to get that golden hour shot that I was talking about earlier, because It did look very pretty. I already discussed it.
1: Yeah, and torches are far more interesting lit up when it's not sunlight out. It's just a thing I've heard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've heard that fire looks nicer the darker it gets. Uh, But yeah, it was the same thing. They they wanted the beautiful shots. They got it, and then they were like, okay, well, now we have to do a tribal council. Uh, It's getting pretty dark. Let's go right now.
1: Yeah. Now, the one thing, if it was planned, and it sounds like it wasn't, it sounds like it's seriously just a practical matter of it's night now and we can't film you know, at night at camp for a strategy discussion, so we got to go to tribal council. Um, I don't think it's a good pre-game alliance busting up technique to not give them more strategy time. Because at that point, don't you just default to what your pre-game uh, plans were?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh Unless the one possible thing that it could do is if your alliance hadn't already picked the target, although really, if your alliance hasn't picked the target, your alliance has failed. Um then it could screw your plans up potentially.
1: Yeah. So I don't feel like it's a move I'd like to see going forward. In fact I'm encouraged to know that it was, you know, a practical concern, choice because yeah, I do worry that, you know, that some of the best moments in survivor history is the the scrambling leading up to tribal council. Right. But I was fine, not this time, because you know, I hope there's a lot of different stuff this season.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that is going on this season, at least in the first episode, was the old school versus new school plotline, which I kind of expected that we were going to get. Were you surprised that we got that?
1: Um, no, I mean, it, yeah, we've said in the past, the biggest, you know, split demographically in any season of Survivor is never male, female, or anything like that. It's always young, old. And, yeah, obviously this is more about, you know, older season versus newer season, necessarily than age, but, uh, the way math works, typically, if you're from an older season, you are right. older now.
0: Yes. Unless oh. you're Wigglesworth, who was super young in Borneo, and that yeah. was, you know, in the middle now.
1: But she she seems like an old uh, Where you go. whatever yes. age she is. Well, because she doesn't own a TV. She, she doesn't know how computers work. She's old.
0: I'm mm-hmm. old.
1: In fact, I'm. am I older than Kelly Wigglesworth? That's possible, right?
0: I don't, I don't know. know. You should <laughs> ask someone
1: who's good at math, so not you. <laughs> I am, or who knows how old Kelly Wigglesworth is, it would be another big step. Uh, although I don't feel like I was older than her back in... Whatever. Uh, but yeah, that is the story, at least of the first part of the season. Um, and wow, what a shock that the old school was trounced by new school players.
0: Yeah, I don't imagine that that's going to be an ongoing plot. I think it was just for episode one, maybe even next week too, just as an introduction to these people again, a reintroduction. Yeah. If you set it up as, Oh, I'm the old schooler that you have at least some general narrative for that person that you can start and build from. Um, unless you are Steven Fischbach, who is apparently getting the exact same narrative that he got in token theme. That, that he
1: will not be the last. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, before we move on to Fishbach, just uh,
0: quickly was, Targeting beat us the right move? Yeah, I mean, because again, the first vote, just as long as it's not you, who cares? I mean, Mm -hmm. you can course correct after that first vote, unless you're in a just dramatic minority. There's still time. I mean, survive the first vote because all alliances are just hypothetical until that first vote hits anyway. After that happens, you see where the chips have all fallen, you can course correct then. Definitely. But so, what do we often say is the first rule of Survivor? Don't play your post-merge game pre-merge. Is this that? No, because I you have to take somebody out. It and I don't think it was right. But I don't want know, to, sit next to Vetus Maria at sitting the end. right there. She's already causing trouble. Yeah, but you're not saying I don't want to sit next to Vetus at the end, or I'm worried about him in the post-merge individual immunities. You're like, just get him out because he's got an alliance.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just asking the question. I also don't feel like it was the wrong move to target Vetus. I also feel like a lot of these rules will be different. I, I hope so. I think Survivor is going to go to great lengths to force people to change their playbooks. But, um, you know, the reason why, the argument against voting out a player like Vetus is that we can do for challenges. Uh, the counter argument that I'm sure, you know, Shireen might have even made on the island is, who gives an F about these challenges right now? There's gonna be a swap.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. so
1: the tribe we have now won't necessarily be the tribe we have in three days, in six days, or whatever. Uh, especially a player like Shireen or Kelly Wentworth who, you know, know what's going down in terms of. Survivor. Uh, yeah. Terry or Wu might not understand that. Uh, so then, yes, if it's like we need to get rid of a threat, uh, a threat for you know our continued existence, because if you're not a challenge beast, then what good to you is it to promote the idea of let's get rid of people who are bad at challenges? Um, and, yeah, get rid of the one now, because they might end up on the other side. They might be able to hook up with the people like Shereen was talking about, like Sierra or... You know, I don't know if the episode made the connection from Sierra to Monica, but that exists. Um, so I think for for uh, absolutely for Shireen, for Kelly, for Spencer, right move. Um, was it the right move for Jeff Varner?
0: Yeah, because again, he survived that first vote. Same with PG. Like, as long as it's not them, they did the right thing.
1: Yeah, but now- here's the thing. PG and Varner had the power within them to decide, yeah, it's not going to be us. It's going to be Abby. And this, that PG is the one person whom I wonder if it was the right move. I think my decision is, yeah, sure, because they could flip next week and give her to Abby. So it's not that big a deal. And doing so would maybe would gain a level of power. Exactly. But do you want to be the person that's on the receiving end of uh, Abby Maria's benefit of the doubt?
0: Um, I'm actually a little surprised that PG didn't push harder for it to be Abby. But at the same time, they went right to tribal council. So she yeah. had no opportunity to make that push. Yeah. So I mean
1: my, my final assessment is, yeah, sure. I mean you gotta win under your belt. Now they have a little bit of control. What will happen next is what will determine whether it was truly a good move or maybe perhaps a bit much. But, uh, but yeah, let's jump over to Bayon for a yeah, second. Fuck the boring tribe. We gotta do it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Because there was yeah. one element of it, yeah, we're we're spe- we're talking about how much we love the episode. Um there
0: were some that made you a little bit sad, right? A little bit sad. You know what's funny is I love Token Teens. It's one of my favorite all newbie seasons. Uh I love that cast so much. It's one of my favorite of all time. And Steven is a part of that too. Um I wasn't super excited for Steven to come back for some reason. I I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's been so long since I watched Token Teens. But man, from the like first or second scene that he was back in, I'm like, I'm all in, Stephen. You're you're welcome back in. I want the love of Stephen in my life again. And plus, you know you're going to sell me with the clumsy nerd edit, which is inexplicable because, as you pointed out, he's now the alpha nerd. He does CrossFit. He's actually an athletic nerd.
1: Well, I did point that out. And I meant it at the time, especially, you know, when he's next to Rob Sessarino or whatever, but this episode he could not be more of a beta nerd. But, oh.
0: but at the same time, you pick the scenes that support the narrative that you want to give. I'm sure you could have, if you were showing that, you know, he's progressed, he's not the same scrawny nerd that he was before, you could have shown him being competent in some way. They found the, they found the scene where he's going, Chop. Chop. Like he doesn't understand how to hold an axe. Uh yeah. It was Was funny. there just one
1: scene, John?
0: I mean,
1: was they there just found
0: one... the scenes plural that supported that narrative and I laughed. It was it was funny. And apparently Steven did too, to his credit. He gets it. It's just a show. It's funny. Um but it did you know, he got my empathy this episode. But you know, I'm a sucker for uh for the nerd of the group,
1: so. you're, you're wonderful in that way with your empathy. I do think, yeah, you you naturally gravitate uh, to that. I am a horrific bully, apparently, because for me, no, I mean, look, honestly, I I was cringing. I, I felt bad for good old Stephen. I did, but you know, is is he doomed? Is is there a way out here for Stephen? Because it does not look good.
0: Uh, you know what? His edit wasn't that bad. It was funny. Um, was that... it, it was. It was. No, funny. it was funny. Absolutely, it was funny.
1: But was it, it not? It was that funny. Bad? And so, I think it yes. was about as bad an edit as you can get in an episode in which you were not removed.
0: Yeah. Well, it was the dodo bird music playing, which always a bad sign. But remember back to last season. Mike ate a scorpion in the premiere, and he's puking all over the place. Cochrane turned into a lobster in his premiere. There's precedent for recovery from a ridiculous first episode.
1: Yeah, no, I do think he can recover, absolutely. But I do also wonder if you're underselling just how bad it was.
0: It we was also bad. got
1: Kimmy freaking Kappenberg totally calling out his spot in his game. He's going to look for an idol, which I don't know why she did the scare quotes. Literally, he's going to look for an idol. Jeff okay. um, okay. yeah. probably you're buried in the middle of a dirty lake, you know. Uh, you're, you're fooling nobody. And what really happened with, with uh, Steven, which I think was the most cringy of the moments, was he clearly just reverted back to everything he was afraid of and the nerd he was instead of, you know, the confident wine and cheeser, podcaster, you know, probably a successful, you know, professional person. That and his just, podcaster's arrogance. Exactly. Come on, man. You're letting the podcasters down, Stephen. <laughs> uh, and I... Uh, your word, sympathy, is true. I I totally get it because, wow, he got a worse draw than Vetus. Because, um, yeah, who, which of the guys is he going to relate to? These three Adonises? Or, you know, two plus a former aged Adonis? Um,
0: Adonis.
1: Yeah, or, you know, JT's older uncle? It's just, yeah... <laughs> Yeah, it was a tough spot for him. And I loved that the episode said it's like, Well, I can't really do much with trees. I can't really build a shelter. No, I don't really know how to weave palm problems. Like, what can you do, nerd? <laughs> what can you do? I'm not
0: so good at outside. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: Which was a story before. It's like, well, yeah, okay, but you're you're an all star, aren't you? Do something
0: Yeah. Uh the one thing I will say that might actually be the worst thing about that edit. Is he was searching for the idol right away? Do you think that's yeah. a good thing or a bad thing?
1: Oh, well, it was a horrible thing. I mean, he, even if he found it, it wouldn't have been a good thing. He he, because what was super horrible about it is he could sense that socially he wasn't fitting in. And if Stephen was watching other person doing this and. Broadcasting, he would have been the absolute first person to be like, "No, you need to be doing the social thing. You need to be integrating." I uh, and look, unless he was just that afraid, he's like, "I don't care. I need, I need three more days." It's like, <laughs> dude, you, you need something. You can't do that. You, you're causing the very thing you were afraid of. And it was just like the snowball thing. And I, my favorite part of the entire edit is when he himself recognized that.
0: Yeah, it's like, yeah they are really like,
1: "No, I'm looking for that." Do you Stephen?
0: Yeah, that was he knew. He knew what was happening.
1: So besides the fact that um Stephen is now the outcast of the tribe and everybody else is bonded around that, do we know anything else about the Bayon tribe?
0: Uh The one other major bit of information that we got is that the Alphas, well, Alphas plus Keith, seem to have formed an alliance over there. And we'd gotten hints from those pregame interviews, especially Jeremy's, that this might be coming. And... I kind of like it for all parties involved in that alliance. What about you?
1: It's the perfect thing that every one of them should have done. Yep. So uh, it was, it's kind of the scenario that I constructed for Joe long in the off season. I think before the like, ads world Part was ending when everybody's like, Joe's got no chance. I'm like, no, no, he's got a chance. He needs to be around some other alphas, which there are plentiful, you know, there's Savage, there's Terry, there's, you know, Jeremy, and they all going to be each other's meat shield. And, yeah, that's what they're doing, and it's just just like it behooves a woman like Shireen to form a, a female alliance in which she is no longer you know a weakness but strength. Alpha males can, should, can do the same as long as you know there's not four of them in a group of ten. Um, it's like instead of attacking each other and trying to take this, let's attack other people and bond, and we'll we'll get to each other eventually. Or, you know, you could be my shield and I'll make you look bad in other ways. If there's three of us, then physicality means nothing.
0: Mm. You know, that's I like think, Boston
1: Rob teaming with Grant. and Now I will let you talk.
0: And I think Joe's the big target in any iteration of an alliance. Yep, He's going to be the target just because he's such a very visible, physical threat. So he's big. For like, Jeremy, real big. for Jeremy, who is ripped, not as tall, but ripped, you want Joe on your alliance because otherwise you are the clear physical threat target for the people that care about those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, I think actually Jeremy's move is probably the first indicator we've gotten this season of somebody learning the proper lessons from their previous ouster. Obviously it's early, I'm not criticizing. In fact, yeah, there might be one other we talk about, but... Last time, he tried to align with people that were less threatening than he, and suddenly a merge came along, and he's, look, who's the biggest threat? <laughs> um, in fact, maybe sitting around in Ponderosa in San Juan del Sur, you know, talking with Josh, would have been like, man, it would have been better if it was me and Josh, instead of be like, oh, no, now you're the person that knows the game, and you got to go. So this was his plan going in. He wanted to hide behind other alphas, and it could work for him.
0: Yeah, and it works for Keith because in that group, aren't you always gonna make it to the final three? If that if that that five actually holds, aren't you Put always you in the final three? Uh if they no, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> but that group won't hold to the final five. But I'm just no, saying No no
1: group we're seeing now will hold. If if a group that we've seen in episode one holds to the end, then Survivor has failed at his job.
0: Yes, that would be South Pacific. Which yes. was Survivor failing miserably at its job.
1: Yeah. So the other thing in Bayon that kind of happened was uh, surprised nobody uh, Savage is setting himself up as the leader. Alpha uh dad. Yeah, and people are perfectly happy to let him do that because most people run away from that experience. Um, how are you feeling about that? Are, are you are you bothered that Andrew Savage is talking about families and alphas and that he doesn't trust Stephen Fishback?
0: How, you know, he has to figure out a way to bond with the people that are going to be in his alliance. I thought he did the best that he can. I mean, what's he going to talk to 24-whatever-how-old-he-is-year-old Joe? You know, he's going to say, like, hey, my daughters thought you were really cute, which, A, bonds a little bit with Joe, but B, sort of sets him apart as, like, Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a target here. I'm someone who admires you. You seem like a good guy. My daughter's like you.
1: I'm a guy with 18 year old daughters. Exactly. Like, I'm the old ass guy now. Yeah. And, and, yeah, we, we talked about this earlier. Uh, what a peak dad move that is, huh? Oh.
0: That was, we call you the dad of our group all the time. You will never be the, the savage level dad.
1: Yeah, no, it was just like, you know, his daughters were sitting there watching it next to him and just mortified. And that, yes. and that must be so gratifying as a parent. <laughs> uh,
0: it's Every parent's dream to embarrass
1: the us. We don't know. Our children aren't embarrassed by us yet. They, they think we are, you know, gods or something. <laughs> uh, yes, people call me the dad because it's a way of saying I'm lame. I know I'm on to you guys. <laughs> I'm not the lame one. I'm not someone that doesn't understand the Snapchats and the kids these days. Um, I don't understand Snapchat. You listen to Taylor Swift, though. <laughs> that probably makes it me more dad, actually, <laughs> um, because I listen to it because my little boys love it. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with Savage doing that. What he is doing by setting up this team and family dynamic, and you know, obviously setting one person aside, which sucks to be that person, but maybe don't be outside when these conversations are happening. Um, is he setting up conditions in which he is—he's he, a strength instead of a weakness? Instead of sitting around you now, like, oh, we should get rid of Savage, he's trying to foster an environment in which pro-Savage ideals will flourish.
0: Pro-Savage ideals—you make him sound like he's a, a leader of a government or some sort of political party. He could be. Come on, look at that speech.
1: He's rallying the troops. I would have fundraised. But yeah, he, like. <laughs> If you're Andrew Savage, you don't get to hide. You can't play that game. Um, so why not try to make people feel good and use the charisma that's probably gotten you decently ahead in life? And, and if I you're targeting somebody like Steven, well, that's fine. That's Survivor.
0: And I think really the the speech that he gave wasn't The speech to everybody else was not, let's target Steven. Steven was there when he made the family speech. So he says, you know, it's it's 10 of us guys, we're strong, we're going to do this, we're going to stick together. It's basically his exact speech that he gave to Morgan. He just changed the number from 8 to 10 this time.
1: Yeah, and like setting this up as though, yeah, it's rah, rah, rah. We're not going to do underhanded things. We're going to fight and be a team. Yeah, that's setting it up so that they don't target him.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Guys, you can trust me. I'm I'm all in. I'm loyal to all of you somehow, which is yeah. totally impossible when it's time to vote.
1: And yeah, we're not going to do underhanded gamey strategy things that frankly are not my strong suit. Uh because that would be bad. set nah, setting the terms and conditions. Now, yeah, yeah. the interesting thing will be what happens after a swap. As yeah, he's and to be determined, because that doesn't work as well. It'd be great if it tried the same thing, it just doesn't exclude people. Alright guys, now this is the team! This is what we've been <laughs> waiting for. I'm so happy that you guys are here.
0: Yeah. Uh, it would be funny too, if he ended up in a tribe swap situation and his tribe is just all the betas. It's nothing but this scrawny, awful at challenges, physical non-threats, and he's just he's like Come on, team. We can do
1: that. Well, if that happens, does he have the same look as when he sees the outcasts roll back?
0: It, it's gonna be pretty close. He might Marsh actually. Work. He might have the sad little face. Yeah, and he'll be like,
1: ah, oh, these freaking dorks. But honestly, there aren't that many, so he, he could find some bonding. And oh, you know, despite what people might think, I don't think he'd hate to be around Shireen.
0: No. <sighs> Who would hate to be around Shireen? Whoever. Yes. There's no documented proof that would ever happen on Survivor. Yeah.
1: Uh, Alright, so the next big thing that happened that I think is worth discussing was the big new twist of the season. How the idols work. Uh, what'd you think of
0: that? Uh, It it worked out very well. I don't know that it's a good long-term thing to do. Like, I don't think I want to see this in every season, but it's a fun change. And especially, I think generally when you have returnees, you can experiment a little more because it's not their first rodeo. You can throw some things at them that you wouldn't necessarily do with a cast that has Rodney's and... Could you imagine this on
1: San Juan del Sur? It okay. just wouldn't break their brains.
0: It would. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's that, not even bring up San Juan del Sur. Well, I'm bringing it up because the person that it involved. Right. So, we had known in advance that this was happening because... This was in uh, one of Probst's pre-game yeah. interviews.
1: Yeah, Survivor themselves promoted it. Yeah, it wasn't
0: some spoiler or anything. So we knew it was going to be at the challenge, and one of our followers on Twitter very astutely pointed out, if you have these idols hidden at challenges, the women are likely going to be wearing bikinis. There's obviously some that don't. But the women are going to be wearing bikinis. Where are they going to hide the idol? Kelly Wentworth was wearing a bikini top, but she was wearing shorts. And why is that, Andy?
1: No, because she's the one that received the clue. She was able to plan ahead. Uh, The big question is, isn't it suspicious that Kelly is not wearing a bikini?
0: But because Kelly is very smart, she came up with a reason. And her reason was... Lady excuse. I got girl problems. And brilliant excuse, because A... That totally explains why you would wear shorts. And B, no further questions. Yeah. Oh!
1: Go. <laughs>
0: Got it. Okay. Understood. Wear your shorts. We're cool. Yeah. Like, are you sure? Do you need to sit this one out?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's, it's not just for skipping gym class anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, that was... I, I honestly... I think this development, I mean, to your point, if it's a forever thing, it's no good, but uh, no idle thing will ever be a forever thing. They no, have I don't continually so. evolved the idol because survivor players figure them out Uh, I thought tonight it was or I guess last night this week phenomenal I thought it was fantastic television I thought her finding it which her doing what Stephen Fishback the know it all could not is coming up with a plausible reason why she's out there and a a cover story Uh, that's big it's not a one-to-one comparison because Steven can't sneak away because people are already suspicious about him. She can because she's in a better position and apparently beach people don't ever do work anyway. Um, she was doing work. She was
0: collecting oh, I internet every once in a while.
1: <laughs> I think the beach people probably also doing things. It's just, you know, in Terry's mind, if you're not doing what Terry's doing, you're not doing anything. And even if you are, you're probably not doing it as well as Terry. Um,
0: Terry is also but, bad.
1: Very much different kind. Actually, you know what? He is a dad, and you know, let's not make fun of his kid. So no, I'm no, no,
0: I'm no. I'm, I'm, I know you were. I know you were. But yes,
1: Terry is a dad, and I very much so. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a great scene, as mo- many Idol scenes are, and you know, easily at that point the greatest scene in Kelly Wentworth's Survivor history. Yeah. Um, low bar. Yeah, basically exactly. that, and like rolling her eyes at Drew. Uh and then just the tension that brought with it. I think that challenge itself, once you got to at least that part of it, probably might have been really dull. But it was phenomenal television. It's just like, oh my can you do it? She blew her chance. I'm like, ah. So I thought that was great. Maybe one too many cuts to her looking and all that. But in general it was it was great. It added a level of tension to challenges that often aren't there because you and I barely care about them.
0: Well, and this is why Survivor is a great show, because They knew she had the clue. They had cameras fixed on her at every single angle. Once she hit that point in the challenge where the idol was hidden, they were not going to miss that shot. If she went for the idol, they were going to have a good angle of it. And you could see them keep focusing back on her. She's looking back. She's trying to figure out some reason she could slip back. And then just finally, you know that she's either going to make an attempt or she's just going to like look back at it and then have to finish the challenge and be disappointed. But they'd set it up so much, you're like, she's gonna try it. Maybe she's gonna get caught. Whatever, she's yeah. gonna make the move and she did. And that's, that's
1: the tension that's gonna be there. Are they gonna do it? Can they do it? Is somebody gonna notice? Is this gonna be what, you know, throws them off? And that, all great things. And it's heightened by
0: the fact that if you don't do it now, that's it. Yeah. You gotta go because, find another clue. So that was the interesting thing is that, Clue was. It's not a, even a clue. It's the instructions, I yes. guess. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clue. <laughs> so, um, it was very specific to that challenge. So, next challenge, that item or that obstacle, whatever it is, is no longer there. That clue is now worthless. So, if you don't make your move, that's it. It's done. Your window is just closed. Yeah, You're the only value
1: at that point is the knowledge that this is how idols work, and yeah. now you need to keep an eye open for other people. apparently, like, it was only hidden for her tribe. There wasn't another one for Bayon there. Because uh, if they don't get the signal that an instruction has been found, they don't hide an idol. So there can't be, like, two hanging out there for you to grab or something like that.
0: Oh, I guess because the one tribe couldn't tell the other tribe anyway. But, I mean, I would still hide it just because on the off chance, say they're both on the platform at the beginning, Kelly whispers something to Jeremy on the other tribe. Hey, Jeremy, look for the idol at the thing, you know? Yeah. Like that.
1: yeah. Or if it's not, like, tribe specific, maybe you tell your partner and then they try to find it. But can you imagine? Uh, I just gotta go over here! Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> running over to help the other team. Yeah, like, suddenly Spencer's like, hey, um, guys, I'll be right back. I just gotta help the other team put their little challenge beam thing together and I'll be right back. Yeah. So then, yeah, she finds it. She has to hide it. She has to keep it hidden. Which, like, uh, at
1: the end of the, 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 uh, you know, celebration and all that, she's standing in front of somebody. I'm like, oh no! Uh, cause I think they probably line them up by height. For TV, uh, and then you know she had to bring up the travel council. It's, I think it's great. I'm am I'm, I'm very pro this move, just simply because it was great television last night. So yeah, it's already won. Right. It's more exactly. than the million of power ever got. <laughs> um, and <laughs> actually, bar. so that's the idol itself. Uh, Kelly, we're pro Kelly, right?
0: Man, like you said, best Kelly episode ever. Which again, low bar. Uh, I believe
1: the stats are already out. This was more confessionals than she received total before
0: now. Which is not me, surprising. That does not surprise me, no. She was very, she received a very light edit in San Juan del Sur, to be kind about it. Um. Yeah, and I mean, even she got the eye-rolling scene and the, lap, the little stifled giggles as Vetus is doing his public thrusts and she got the sneaky sneaky. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no. I think, I mean, it's way too soon to be
1: calling winner's edit. And I think people get overexcited, have to realize that Kelly was going to be a big part of this episode, even if she got meta back tomorrow. Right. Because she is the first person to deal with this, you know, twist that they very excited about. Yeah. But it's not bad news the
0: way she was portrayed. No. I mean, it, it it's, you contrast this with Steven's edit. Like, Well, I mean, and the contrast
1: was there, right? He's off looking for an idol looking like an idiot. She's off looking for an idol looking like a thousand bucks. It's almost as good a contrast as you know Andrew Savage felling a tree (laughs) and then Savage
0: not breaking a branch. So, you know what? This gets into one of my absolute favorite things about Survivor. So we should talk about Abby right now because you just brought up one of my absolute favorite things. The juxtaposition that the Survivor editors do Kills me. They're so... It was, it was fantastic with Abby. And, and it was great with Abby. It was good with Savage and with Fishbach with the tree thing. With Abby, though, Abby loses the bracelet. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. you know. And someone says to her, are you going you gonna to talk about it? No, 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 no I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. Cutscene, Abby talking to every single other person on her tribe about the bracelet that she's not going to talk about. And
1: as actually, it was interspersed with her continued uh, confessional about how this time she's, you know, it's about personal growth and she's gonna, you know, tame the dragon and all this. It's like, oh, it's, oh, uh, yeah, no, so I
0: nice.
1: was, I, I, that was brilliant. I loved it. That was fantastic by the editors because it's like, you, and here's the thing that was happy on her best behavior. Sad, but what true. What we saw, all her passive, Incredibly aggressive moves towards <laughs> all of this. That was Abby being nice. And she tells us that, yeah, you know, there was some question going in, uh, at least by myself, and I think a few other people, is if she could improve. If what well, Philippines was completely her, or if, you know, she's matured a bit, if some of it was because she tore up her knee, and she was, no, no. Abby's gonna Abby, and <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing, congratulations. Um, myself, I remembered why I didn't
0: really enjoy watching her in film. <laughs> so, I believe it was you that said in our preseason preview, maybe Abby has matured. And I said, Abby's in her mid-30s. You do not mature once you hit your mid-30s. Well, was, yeah, what fooled me is she seemed to have a good
1: perspective once she was voted out that indeed there were things that were her mistakes. Interestingly, I didn't believe that perspective this episode. I, was like, I made some mistakes. It's like, I don't agree that you actually feel like those were mistakes.
0: Yes, and uh, one of our commenters on our site, Sharky Lead, I think it was, was saying <laughs> that the producer probably said to her, okay, we have a list of 40 of them. Just give us your top three and we'll show the video of them.
1: Because you didn't really throw the... Co- yeah, you know, coconut at Mike Scoopin's head. She just carelessly whacked it onto there. Yeah. So like, she's like, "Wowing up!" It's like, "There you go, you moron." Um, uh, I you know what could be the journey in that as Philippines is airing and after it aired, she actually did have that moment of clarity because she took a lot of heat and she got to see that, and there was the knee thing. But since then, she's basically been celebrated as one of the great villains and bitches in Survivor history, right? So, that's probably where some of the regret went by, and she realizes that she's here because people like her being fiery and doing stuff. But at the same time, I think she realizes that to win, she can't do those things. And it's, it is at least an interesting struggle. I wouldn't mind if that struggle was over
0: next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later, though. But I mean, really though, why is someone stealing your bracelet?
1: <laughs> uh, that's the best part of it is that you could tell that she really thought somebody was after her bracelet. Like she wouldn't like really, um, as much as she said benefit the doubt. Like just are, you know recognize that this is probably just an unfortunate coincidence and things will turn up. It's like oh, my friggin' bracelet. Who's messing with me now?
0: Yeah, and interestingly,
1: in a different All Star season, she would have been right
0: probably true. So, uh, what did she think is going to happen? Like, at some point, you know, three days later, suddenly PG's walking around, flashing a new bracelet, like, ooh, check me out, guys. Come on. Yeah.
1: Now, to Abby's credit, she still, still stayed on PG's team and all that, and she didn't blow up things up. But, um, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think when it happens, because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It, it Yeah, it's going to go down in a spiral really quickly.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if her allies are uh, you know, notice, noticing that and are willing to cut bait or if she's able to drag them down with her. Um, okay. So Abby is take- somebody that I don't love. Let's talk about some pe- somebody that we do. Shireen? Uh Not yet.
0: Okay.
1: I wouldn't want to peek too soon.
0: <laughs> Varner! Oh, yes. Oh, my God. The Varner show last night. I I mean, Kelly, great show for her. But Varner, wow, way to set the bar, right?
1: He was the star of the television program, without a doubt. Uh, And we've been hyping him since, you know, it became clear that he'd be the star. I don't want to make it sound like we're some kind of genius talent agent or anything (laughs) like that. But he lived up to it. He was phenomenal. Just uh, every time he spoke, it was great. And we didn't even apparently get his best moment.
0: Yeah, with him interrupting the tribal council. He just, the confessionals were gold. Everything about him was just great. Every time he's on the scene, he's just, or on the, the screen, he's radiating charm. He's, he's giving these confessionals, which hilariously, he's like, oh, these, these guys are playing so fast. They're so far ahead of me. We all know that's BS. He already gave pregame interviews where he said, oh, I've been playing already. I got Here's my alliance. I laid it out. Here's who we're going after. Come on. No, he he's working it
1: all like a violin, including the edit. And it, it's phenomenal. I love the scene with him and Shireen where Shireen's going a mile a minute with all the strategy and all that, which to her credit, she was probably 100% right on. And he's all like, whoa, I'm not prepared for all of this. I don't know anything. I'm glad I'm with y'all. Like, oh bravo, you're just snowing her over, and I'm sure you're doing this the same thing to other people. And apparently he took all of that and then went right back to his alliance to share that information. Um he is playing hard and everything he is, yeah, he said about it. This is my chance, I'm not messing around. Um he was choked up when he was first talking to Jeff in the boats. Uh, I'm I'm it so far the Barner experience is living up to all expectations and I want you know, 12 more episodes of
0: it. I mean, if he goes home next week, which... No. But, I don't think it's hitting the cards at all. No. But if he did, how quickly would they get him back? Immediately, right? Yeah. You don't,
1: you don't let We're running Survivor third chances with Jeff Varner, Vetus, and, yeah, you know,
0: Francesca. You figure out some reason that he's coming back. He's so good,
1: and i, know, I... Yeah, last time we did a podcast, we were like, you know, even if he's the first vote, he's given us so much already. Now it would be crushing if he went home early. There's so much more of Varner to give, and if he does go home, I want it because he played so hard, and then he was, you know, yes, burned as a result because that would be entertaining. And frankly, yeah. that's more than likely to be what happens.
0: That it, that will probably be how it goes down. It happens. Yes. Which I'm hoping is the case. But yeah. So if it has to happen, I at least want it to be some spectacular flame out. You know, he just falling to the sword. No, 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 no. He it's got to be something magical. Like he goes for it, goes all in and boom, blows it up in his face. Then he goes home.
1: Yeah, I don't want it to be some swamp and then he's like the weak guy that Savage and Terry boat out or anything like that. I don't even want it to be like payback for voting Vetus now. I want it to be much more than that if it has to happen at all. But right now I don't want it to happen at all. After one episode, Barter is the person I'm cheering for. And I don't typically cheer for
0: people, so. Yeah, guy wins you over it. He is a puppy wrapped in a kitten blanket and barking out rainbows.
1: Yeah, he's just fantastic television and, you know, he was good in Australia. This isn't coming up from anywhere, but I believe the time has helped, too, because this means a lot to him, which is fantastic for us, because apparently the show means something to us, given what we are doing. Right. All right. Speaking of cheering for people, uh there's probably somebody else you want to talk about. Whoop, whoop.
0: Yes. Uh Actually, I should let you talk first, because I will just bask in the glow of being right on this one. What did you think of Shireen in this episode?
1: I was incredibly impressed. Mm. Um, yeah, I think she she had a great game, uh, or a great night. There's a question whether you know it'll be great long-term, but that is true of all survivor moves. Uh, she set out to target somebody like Fetus to set up conditions in which she could be in control, and she went after it, and it happened. She made it happen. Obviously, it wasn't a solo effort, but not a very few things in Survivor are. Uh, no, I'm uh, nothing but positive about what
0: Shireen did last night. Yeah, um, she dictated the first vote. Back to back seasons, by the way, Shireen was at least partly responsible for dictating the first boot. In your face, haters.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> the haters are probably angry about that. They'd be the people that were arguing, how do you vote out somebody like Venus? It's like, well, because he's not with her.
0: Because yeah, uh, he's not her.
1: Yeah. Again, it doesn't behoove Shireen to set up conditions in which you know, people who are not good at challenges are targets. Right. Because that's a group in which she belongs. Uh, no, I honestly, not even that I didn't think she was capable of this. I figured this isn't what she would want to do. I would, I wouldn't think that she would want to come out playing so hard. But she did, and it worked. And I am not opposed to people playing hard. Um, especially not in today's day and age I am the person who praises the hardest player In the history of Survivor right. In fact, maybe the two hardest players in the history of Survivor So, yeah, no, it was Yeah, I, I, Fishbach gave her the fishy I can see that um, I think she's did a great job And I was impressed
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> Even in my extreme bias I don't know that I would have given it to her Just because I think Wentworth probably had the better episode. Um, yeah, but like, who, who gives them, who names an award after
1: themselves? Who does that?
0: Oh, I, I wanted to do it so bad with us. It just, it doesn't work with the names. <laughs> the <So>. purple. <laughs> the rocky. <laughs> Here's the purple rock.
1: Well, I don't want that freaking thing. Get away. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, quick question. Uh, clearly Jeff Farner wearing a purple shirt is a shout out to us, right? There's like no question, right? Obviously. Oh, speaking of purple shirts. Aha!
0: Uh-huh. Nice. Thanks for setting me up on that one.
1: Yes. That's what you get from this audio-visual
0: pr- presentation. We wear costumes. Um, yeah, for those who, yeah. who, by the way, are listening to this as audio, I am wearing the uh Matt Singh Tribe shirt with uh all of the names. And it's in purple and white because I am team colors tonight.
1: Yeah. The host of the Purple Rock. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I interviewed him in the preseason, so clearly he loved the email exchange so much that he dictated his outfit by that. Obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think Shireen did great.
0: Um, what do you think this means for her going forward? I, I had said before the season that we've never really seen, apart from that after that first episode in World Apart, we haven't really seen Shireen play from a position of power. Mm-hmm. So, it's gonna be interesting to me to see how she deals with it. I mean, it, this is a first for Spencer too, and, yeah. Man, and Kelly Wentworth. Way. Well, I mean, at least Kelly Wentworth was Man. on a, a tribe yeah, kind of it. I mean, sort of in the same vein as Shireen, where she, yeah. you know, she was in the majority for a vote. Um, yeah. But, it, this is a new experience for all of them, and I wonder how they're going to handle it. I actually wonder, more about how Spencer's going to handle it than Shireen. Uh, I think Shireen is probably used to being in a position of power in everyday life. So I don't know that it'll necessarily screw her game up. I think it might with Spencer, though.
1: Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I, my potential red flag is that she gets a little power hungry. Uh, I mean, if it works, then great. Again. I'm all for power games if you can do it. It's just hard. Um, And as we said, swaps are coming. So uh, is that, you know, she got number one on her hit list. you got to imagine Terry Dietz is number two on her hit list. And I'm not sure if that's the right move next. I'm not sure it's the wrong move because if anybody is going to come back and hurt, you know, Shereen, Terry might be the one. So I understand why you might want to get rid of him. I'm just not sure if her full alliance is comfortable with that just yet. And I uh, hopefully she has the social awareness not to push too hard if that's the case.
0: So I actually wondered why he wasn't her first target. Um Again, like you said, there was probably just some pregame notion. Okay. He's our first target. So he was there. He's their first target. Um, Terry does seem like the more likely target, and you're right, he might be number two on the list.
1: I think what it is is fetus is far more threatening
0: game-wise than Terry. Uh, that's yeah. a good point. Terry is a lot more predictable in that yeah. sense. Um,
1: they took out the brains of the operation.
0: Yeah, a- and really, that's the way to go. You know, uh, <laughs> you don't have to worry at all about Wigglesworth or Wu or Terry. So yeah, if if that's your choice really what they should have done is take out varner good thing they did not
1: <laughs> yeah he is uh, perhaps the true brains of the operation mm-hmm. so that that is i think a thing to watch i'm not necessarily going to concern troll about it i think you know she uh struck first uh scored a big win for her side and it'll be interesting yeah, you know, for the reasons you laid out to see where it goes from here because uh this, uh, these are success virgins in the game of Survivor. Not
0: <laughs> the a lot player. of those this season, I no. Mean,
1: that's a great point. I mean, not a lot of, you know, superstar successful people here. Right. In fact, I mean, one of the more successful is somebody who is
0: floundering right now. In season 50. And, that's what I was going to say, is even him, he got to the end not really being in a position of dominance for 90% of the game. Touche. Yeah. All right, so,
1: uh, is there anybody else you want to talk about? Uh,
0: the only other comments I really had about that tribe is that Terry is still Terry. Um, he said yeah. something about how you know he's learning that the social game is a big part of the game. No, Terry, that's the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is this not clear at this point? It, it's not, you know, challenges are the game and then you have to talk to people and that's a part of it. Challenges are window dressing to the social game that's taking place, Terry. Um, I guess
1: the answer to that is if Terry believes that to be true, that, you know, physical strength and, you know, camp life and all that really doesn't matter, then Terry has no business playing survivor. The only terms theory. in which Terry can engage survivor is the ones that he knows. And either that's gonna work, or it's not. And, you know, I suppose you could argue that it's kind of worked twice. Although I think that's a massive, you know, reduction in what Tom Westman and Mike Holloway actually did. Right. But, you know, in Terry's mind, at least. Cause yeah, I mean, the best he could offer from a social standpoint is a little bit, but it's always going to be physical. In fact, that's probably the level in which he wants to compete. He wants to be, Survivor to be this. He wants it to be one way.
0: But it's the other one. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, if, if this is an entirely social game, much like Terry said in some pregame interviews, he doesn't even belong in that beach. Uh, the one thing I did like though was that Spencer buttered Terry up in the exact perfect way. Like, I'm pretty sure Spencer was feeding Terry a line about how great it was to be on Terry's tribe. He's such a dominant challenge beast. He's so awesome. Spencer looked up to him, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's Spencer's kind of player, but Terry's going to believe that he's Spencer's kind of player because he knows Spencer's a Survivor fan, so he's like, yeah, of course Spencer loved me. I was great. Every Survivor fan I've ever met has been a fan of Terry Dietz, uh, <laughs> which is true of
1: almost every Survivor. has <laughs> yeah. probably got a whole people like, you were fantastic. Um, Uh, Yeah, I think that worked because it was Terry. I will say that Spencer's, you know, social interacting with the humans probably needs a little polish. Uh, at least judging from 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 that scene. Uh, it, it felt a little awkward, a little stilted, and, you know. I can relate. Like it was like he was trying the playbook and he was saying it. And then he kept pushing a little far past the sale. Like it was the, his rehearsed speech as he was going up to Terry Deeds. And it's kind of like, Hey, I got it, buddy. You, you love me and I'm great. And my kids think you're cool. Let's go build a shelter. <laughs> and it's just, I think there's just still some muscles that the young lad need to work out there.
0: He's getting there. I mean, to his credit, he's extremely mature for his age, but he's still under 25. And we all know, they are the worst. 22!
1: I love that. I love just like, I've learned so much in the, what, the year? You've learned hey, nothing, <laughs> Jon Snow.
0: Nothing. And it's funny because you will look back on that quote in a few years, Spencer, and just face palm.
1: And, and I should add that he actually probably has matured a great deal since, like, pre-Game Kageon. But, you know, there's a long journey, Mr. Spencer. Uh, all right, so, I guess we usually predict who's happening, what's going on. We're uh, 0 for 2 to start the season, so it's pretty good so far. I guess 0 for 1. We don't know what our winner picks are on. because
0: I, no, I Not
1: yet. I luckily avoided predicting Vetus. Kind of uh,
0: yeah, let's do predictions because I think you and I are both on board with the theory that if it's Takeo again, might be some drama there. Yeah,
1: so a uh, quick add, uh, we are going to try a new thing on the site where we're going to post the entire Purple Rock Pod website staff's mm-hmm. predictions and uh, little chats that we've done to uh, try and figure out these predictions. Yes, uh, so this isn't the first time John and I have discussed our predictions, so I can I, I no longer throw out you know, shocking predictions. The plus side is, yes, because we didn't get to that. Uh, stop showing behind the curtain. Uh, the plus side is John has been forced to actually think of this prediction right now. Um, so as I alluded to, it seems like ta- um, the next target for what looks to be the dominant alliance would be Terry. Because Terry does not factor into Shereen's plans, nor should he. Uh, Terry is not going to vote for somebody like Shereen to win Survivor. Terry would try to bro up with people on the other side in a swap or merge scenario. So that makes sense. I just don't know if Varner and P.G. are going to be down with that. And they can go wherever they want to go. They could flip back to the olds, the now strategically less strong olds. And obviously Woo is the olds. Uh, or maybe they could form something in the middle. And I, I that's why I think they might need to be willing to sacrifice somebody. And that somebody is Abby Maria. Because she's going to make your life more difficult, especially if you're P.G.
0: Yes, that's, that's my, my prediction. prediction. Eh, not even just, especially if you're PG, you could have stopped that sentence right there. Well, I, it, from the evidence thus so far, PG. But yes,
1: okay. you're right. PG, yeah. but the first.
0: Right, the first of probably many, if she sticks around. Uh And I was in complete agreement with that because I think Varner and PG seem to have a bond that I did not anticipate. The one thing that I think. Might happen is the majority of that tribe could just be like, you yeah, know, it's Abby Maria this time. Like we're all in. <laughs> like I don't know that it's going to be one side against the other. It might end up being all them unanimously voting out Abby Maria.
1: Yeah, and that could be a a good way of patching up the bond and trying to reestablish relationships with everybody in case of emergency or or swap scenario. It's like, this wasn't about us versus you. This is about Vetus, and let me tell you about all the things we heard he was doing, blah, blah, and the way he made us feel, and all of that. But we want to work with you, Kelly Wigglesworth. We want to work with you, Wu. And actually, another interesting note, possibly, is Wu seemed to know that there was two ways this vote was going to go at some point. Yeah, not a tribal council. Um that's why he was like, I don't know what's happening. Is, I think, yeah, now it could be that he didn't know which way that the Vetus Terry group were going. Maybe they discussed another potential, like Shireen or something. But it could be that maybe Spencer or Abby Maria or Shireen had talked to him about voting out... Okay, maybe not Abby Maria. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, he voted for Abby Maria. They might have talked to him about voting out Vetus, and he didn't know which way things were going. Uh, it just sounds like that's what uh, something that Wu said in the final tribal council. He said that there's there's been two different targets. One would be more uh, you know, easy. One would be more strategic. So yeah. it's possible that Wu still has bonds with that other side. And Wu has a history of being able to jump back to a majority once being blindsided in spectacular facial expression. Us.
0: Yeah. And I think the odds on favorite for that was Spencer. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he's going to have some type bond with Shireen. Uh, yeah. I don't know about Wentworth either. I mean, maybe, but not Abby Maria.
1: Well, um, one thing I'll say maybe why Abby Maria is that she, in pregame, suggested that, you know, she was attracted to Wu and maybe she could work with him. And in the tribal council, it seemed like she was most hurt by Wu, you know, clearly talking about voting her out.
0: Yeah, that's just that's Abby Maria, though. Abby going to Abby.
1: Uh so yeah, I think we both think if it's Takeo, it's Abby, who do you think it is if it's Bale?
0: The easy pick would be Cass. We said this before the season. I mean, if you want no pushback whatsoever, it's Cass. Uh but that alpha male alliance they're going to dictate it, I mean, I think because of the makeup of that group and the presence of Alpha Dad Savage, um, I think it's—I hate to say this—it's going to be one of the weaker women. Um, because Beta Nerd that he may be, Steven is not actually that physically inept. I think it might actually be Monica or Cass, and. I'll, I'll say Monica. Why not? Right. Even though I picked her to go far in this game.
1: Yeah, uh, I should add that I think they're pronounced Bayon. I'll, I'll never remember that throughout this season. Um, here's a question uh, that kind of leads into the prediction. What do we think that how Bion is going to react that Vetus was the first person taken out?
0: Uh, other than think Sierra? that affects
1: the way they do it? Well, here's a couple things. A, I think it might make Sierra a little more safe. I think it takes a bit of a target off of Sierra's back because I do believe there were people, I'm not saying necessarily Andrew Savage is one of them, but maybe like a Jeremy, uh, maybe a Cass, that was nervous about her because, you know, the Vetus connection and the Brad Culpepper stuff and all that. So that might be off the table, and now she can kind of recede to the background a bit. Another thing is, uh, does this set off the dreaded... Women's alliance, women's alliance, alarm that you know anytime a strong male goes home and survivor. Oh, this, oh no, gonna it's gonna be a thing
0: because yeah, which he, if
1: that would support your prediction that it's like okay we need to take out a woman and then it's like well is Cass the one we need to worry about or is it you know like as you say Monica or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. Another thing. Uh, and then one other way, and this, uh, I'm just cribbing from Rob has a podcast, I shouldn't say, is that they're like, oh, no, now they're going, uh, they're, there's clearly, like, strategy going down there, and, like, those nerds took over or something, if they can even piece together why Vetus went home, right? Nerds! Yeah. And thus, we may need to take out our own nerd. Aww. And that's my prediction. I think it's Stephen. if... If Bion goes to Tribal Council, I think it's just, there's so much momentum for that. I think they're also the boring tribe that is going to try and not do too much backpedaling. Everybody's trying to pull, put it off for a bit. And it's just like, okay, Stephen.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you can make the case that we actually got to see the beginning of a Stephen narrative arc in this episode. So if you started it here, you can finish it next week. But I'm not going to say that Monica can't have an arc that begins and ends in one episode. Before. Oh, no, I'm
1: no, not. I just, my prediction is Steven, if it's them, uh, to kind of further the thought we had at the beginning of the discussion, I do think this isn't necessarily that Steven is doomed edit. I think it could be, as you suggested with the and Comp, the beginning of Steven's arc of redemption throughout. What I kind of think is happening is by how it's not quite a travel council.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got that impression too. Why did, why does Takeo seem so inept they're not really i mean they have some people that aren't great at challenges but so does the other tribe yep. yeah yeah and that basically challenge both is tribes have off.
1: a lot of fit dudes and then some less fit women because they're more interesting right that's kind of how it shaped out is that the fans that were, carried the majority and frankly the choices we were presented with love yeah liked a lot of the stronger men or, yeah, you know, and then the women were the more interesting ones, yeah, you know? so yeah you know, I think another balance is uh Bion has Tasha, and Takeo doesn't have anybody on her level, well, uh, maybe Wigglesworth Wigglesworth showed that she's still physically capable. that was a long swim,
0: right, but for like a pure strength
1: thing. You. I mean, she choked in the challenge, but that was a—that was more of a strategy thing. Which, quick note, my girl Sierra was the one that was like, just get the pole right. Yeah, and then you'll do it. Don't
0: screw that part up. Oh, she sounds like Jeff Rost. That's right.
1: And I think the reason why she did that is that's what her mom did on Redemption Island in her season.
0: in the pole, right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you leave some exit in her. Anyway. <laughs> 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 you
0: can't edit that out now.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> I'm not suggesting anything. That was John Fincher and he was a major douchebag about it. Uh but yeah, so I um I pick Steven and I just hope that they don't go to Tribal Council. I think that's Steven's key to success.
0: Uh <laughs> surviving counsel. until the swap. Oh, okay.
1: Alright, I think that's the show, huh?
0: Yeah. Let's uh talk about where these people can find us. We can you can of course always go to our website, which is purplerockpodcast.com. It's like a mini podcast, only for your eyes. Um, we had a live blog taking place on there. uh Mark wrote that one for us, and he collects some tweets. He throws in some narrative uh and then you can discuss the show immediately after it ends. We have some really good commenters in there that are fun to interact with um we've also yeah. got just so
1: add that that, that we're going to try to make that a regular feature this season. We are going to try on every Wednesday night to provide a home for this community that we have and because, frankly, the interplay that we have with you guys is probably the best part of what we do here, other than getting a chance to hear myself speak. Um, and thus, uh, please, if that's the sort of thing that interests you, if you want to take part in that, come on by on Wednesday nights and continue to comment Thursday when I can finally join you, because I'm on a different time zone and it takes forever to put my kids to bed.
0: Yeah, um, and also on that site, if you're into Fantasy Survivor, you might still have some time to go ahead and... Uh... Pick a fantasy survivor team. You can pick four players. You can see the teams that are already taken. You have to pick four people or a four-person group that is not already selected. You can find that it's right in one of those featured posts, right at the top of the page. Uh, what else have we got? You can follow us on Twitter at PurpleRockPod and or PurpleRockAndy. There you go. You can also hey, why not let's plug our contributors as well? You can find at PurpleRockEmma. At Purple Rock Mark and at Purple Rock Matt. You can't really find Matt there, but yeah, you you know, know, the other you can see that he exists. Don't expect him to tweet at you, but he does exist.
1: Uh, and, and we should add that the uh, for people that are just joining us for this show, um, yeah, you know, that were before we have moved our, our website. So it is PurpleRockPodcast.com, not the WordPress site. We are going to shut that thing down soon because it is. Screwed up our Google rankings. We are competing with ourselves, and it's not fair. We want to shoot up to number one when you search one very specific term uh, (laughs) besides Purple Rock Podcast or uh,
0: Rupert Horrible Person. Uh, That was the best search term that I've seen come to our site in a long time. Uh, we are trying to engage a bit more with Tumblr this
1: season, so you can, if that's the sort of thing you're interested, in, if you're interested in checking out the world of Survivor Tumblr, we are trying to curate it for people, and that is purplerockpodcast.tumblr.com, and that's kinda it, right? Well, uh, this will be on YouTube, and that's probably all we'll have on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Don't expect a lot of these because, honestly, you're only getting this because I happen to be traveling for work. So I do not have kids running all around my house, and I can safely do this without interruptions. So, Yeah, and I'm
1: mostly doing this because telling my six-year-old son that I'm doing a video on YouTube is the
0: first thing he's ever gotten excited about in my life. He's going to be so disappointed when he finds out what it is.
1: I know. He's like, why aren't you talking about Minecraft,
0: Dad? Also, you're wearing a Superman shirt, and you told him you were going to make a YouTube video. He probably thought, like, this is going to be great.
1: Uh, uh, he'd be like, why am I not Superman? Which I have that on other places on YouTube. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all. You know, you can send us emails, but we don't check it that often.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's your job, and you fail at it constantly.
1: My phone wasn't updating. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode we thank everybody for tuning in, and we're really excited about the season, and we're hoping that that will continue, because apparently we're not as good at this when we don't like Survivor.
0: <laughs> One, <laughs> true. One more thing. Uh, you should subscribe to us on iTunes, and you should leave pleasant comments, only five stars, about how amazing we are, because uh, we love to hear how great we are. We tell ourselves that all the time, but it's nicer to hear it from other people.
1: Yeah, only well, if you've got good things to say. If you have bad things to say about our show, please leave the comments on our website because we love that too. Yes. It's, it's actually a super fun thing for us when people say bad things about it. We share about it. We laugh because um, when you have the level of unearned arrogance that John and I have, you can't deflate that by weird, bad comments on the Internet. So, you know, bring your hate if you need to. It fuels us. Um,
0: it's so good.
1: Yes, you can subscribe on iTunes, or if you're one of those Android people or whatever, we are also on Stitcher.
0: Yes. And that's how are we gonna end the show? We always play theme music. I don't know what we do. We just say, "Hit the theme music." That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.